are listening to the Traditional Outdoors Podcast. This episode of the Traditional Outdoors Podcast is brought to you by St. Joe River Bows. If you're looking for a custom longbow or recurve, then St. Joe River Bows has you covered. St. Joe's is a family-owned company that specializes in traditional bows for the entire family. Plus their forward handle design, powerful limbs, and unique wood and color combinations make St. Joe's the perfect choice for the budding or experienced archer or bow hunter. Tracy offers bow options for all members of the family from the youngest to the oldest, and they even offer a trade-in program on all youth bows so that as the little ones outgrow their bow, they can trade them in and use that towards the purchase of a bow that better fits their growing needs. And for listeners of the Traditional Outdoors podcast, David and Tracy are going to include a St. Joe River Bows t-shirt with any new bow purchased. Just mention that you heard about them while listening to this podcast. So when you're ready for a new bow, be sure to check out their website at stjoeriverbows.com or give Tracy a call at 517-617-3658 and be sure to tell them Traditional Outdoors sent you. Now on to the show. Welcome to the Traditional Outdoors podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Steve Angel. I'm joined today by my good friend, Mr. Nick View. How's it going, Nick? It's going good, Steve. Uh, Weather in a busy summer. Way too busy. How are you doing? Uh, you're doing good. We had, uh, so we were supposed to have our last, um, shoot of the year at our local club today and, uh, got up there. I'll, I'll talk about that in just a minute. I did some interesting, uh, testing through a chronograph. We've got a little chronograph, uh, for the club and, uh, I've been wanting to shoot a few bows through it. But anyway, I did that now. I'll talk about that in a second. But so I did all that this morning. People started filing in. Uh, we had, two 10 target courses set up um one through 10 was on one side of the property and uh one uh, 11 through 20 was down that main road uh you've been up there so you know what i'm talking about mm-hmm. so when i decided to go shoot i thought you know what i'm gonna just go and shoot 11 through 20 first because everybody else was on the other side and it had been rumbling thunder uh most of the morning and got down to the first target, and it was me and uh, three, three other, one, two, three, yeah, three other guys shooting. And uh, we pulled the arrows after that first target, and I said, guys, now's the time to make your decision. Do you want to get wet, or do you want to head back? Because you could hear the rain uh, coming. Mm-hmm. And it hit about the time we got back up to the covered area up there at the, uh, at the clubhouse and man it rained we finally called it at like 11 o'clock and it was still pouring rain so we we rescheduled it to to later in the year but yeah it was it was pouring rain um wow but but no it was it'll it'll be fun Uh, i wish we could wish we could have got it in so it would give the property a a month to to cool off before hunting season because i hunt up there too you know that but yep um but no it was interesting i carried um so i carried Three bows. I'm, I'm not going to call out the names, but I carried three bows. I carried a, uh, the the long bow that I've been hunting with the last three years. I carried a 66-inch long bow, and I carried a 66-inch uh, recurve. And I just wanted to see they were all within three pounds of each other, 70 to 73 pounds. And I wanted to see what they'd do through the chronograph shooting, you know, my hunting arrow, which is 820 grains roughly. Uh, and I was really surprised. The 64-inch bow uh, shot a, a three-air three average of 165 feet per second. 
the 66 inch bow shooting the same arrow uh, actually a couple of pounds heavier i uh, was five foot per feet per second slower it came in at 160 average and the uh the the 66 inch recurve which was the one that really surprised me with with a heavy arrow like that was 170 mm. interesting um, so now I'm, I'm sitting here trying to figure out which one I'm going to hunt with, but I think I'm going to stick with my old, my trusty one that I've been hunting with the last three or four years. Yeah, that's not it's not too much of a difference there. Not that it's that not. not that that matters a whole lot, but that is kind of interesting. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was fun to see. Yeah, especially I mean that's that's a that's a good good clip there for such a heavy arrow too. Um, but, it, you know it is, and then it's funny. Um, uh, Without going into a lot more detail, as a guy shooting up there, I'm, I, again, I'm not going to go into the bow, but he had a a two piece uh, reflex deflex longbow. Uh, I believe it was 57 at 28, and it surprised the heck out of me because it it came in at 162. Oh, nice! Um, shooting those same, uh, which was a real heavy arrow for you know a 60 pound bow. So, oh, totally fun um, stuff though. Yeah, we, um, we're getting into our last big one for the year. We got the big one, GLLI, coming up this week. So it's a, it's a four-day event this year, um, maiden voyage of our camper. So we're going to be getting up there around Thursday when it starts. Right. And uh, we'll be staying till Sunday. And it looks like it's going to be uh, nice out, knock on wood. And, um, yeah, it's it's looking to be a really good time this year. We got some, we got some fun stuff planned, and it'll be good to get to see everybody because I've only been able to get out to the uh, – to spring shoot and Compton, we were pretty busy, so didn't get to visit with a whole lot of people there. But well, you know, it's funny. Last week, I had a I had a bunch of string orders to get caught up on, and then I had uh, some some string orders from Boyers for GLLI, and I actually made ended up making forty one strings last Sunday alone. I started real early and and went to real late. And somebody asked me on Facebook if my fingers were sore. And I hadn't even thought about it until they asked me. My fingers weren't sore at all, but I was having to. By the time I, I had to stop because I had cramps so bad in my hand, I couldn't hold the I couldn't hold the strings to the bundles to twist them anymore. I can't so I even quit, but. I can't even imagine that. And plus, it, <laughs> yeah, you must have some calluses by now. I mean, well, you probably got both calluses anyway because of shooting your bow, but. I, I that's keep, I, yeah, I keep calluses. And I mean, uh, the fun, <laughs> I, I think I think more mentally, I would just like start making mistakes at that point <laughs> like what what length am i working on what you know um of course you do have settings and stuff like that on your jig so uh well i must admit I, the only thing i got i won't I, it wasn't lazy I, i'm trying to think of the word i would use to describe it but i was i was l- really getting to the point where i was just brain dead so about halfway through the day we we got a uh well this is the spare bedroom that you know you and tom always use when you're when you're down here but uh, I went and yanked that that little forty inch or whatever it is flat screen TV and brought it down here and hooked a fire TV stick up to it and started watching Netflix or something just to have something going on in the background because I was going stir crazy. I, I'd run out of every podcast I could think of to listen to at that point. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'd have to have something going on too. But uh, anyway, so yeah, that's that's what's going on. Uh, we have a uh, we have kind of an interesting one to talk about this week, don't we? We do, and and you know it was kind of funny how this all came about. I uh, we have a guest line or had a guest lined up this weekend, and and bless his heart, I sent him the recording equipment, and we sat down to record Wednesday night. Um, and 
uh, he had he was having his computer was doing some weird stuff I've never seen before, but he wasn't able to get the Zoom uh, client to install, so we couldn't we couldn't communicate. We messed around with it for about I don't know forty minutes or so, and and anyway, I finally just told him I said, "Let me do some research. We'll get it figured out, and and we'll try to get it recorded next week." So, uh, in light of that. When I was coming home early today, I was kind of thinking, you know what, I would really like to to be able to get something uh, recorded for everybody. And I was trying to think of different topics and, and pinged you as I was driving. And and within, what, 30 seconds, we said, you know what, that, that yeah, that's it. We, we, we've kind of talked about doing this. We need to we need to sit down and do it. So we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about the, the new saddle craze when it comes to um, mobile mobile setups, elevated setups for, for hunting and and the you know it and that's all i know to call it right now is just a craze everywhere you look that's that's all you hear or see and that's yeah, exactly you know it's been showing up on my feed uh mainly on facebook but on instagram too for the last like month or so you know i know we're getting closer to hunting season but i just keep seeing saddle posts saddle posts you know what's the best what's the best platform what's this what's that and and i guess my my question is and from the standpoint i'm coming from is that you know, I am barely into a mobile tree stand setup. Like I've got to get that thing out and get it and get it started. Um, with that, you know, that setup you uh, you gave me to use with the sticks and everything. Right. And uh, but then I'm seeing everybody doing the saddle thing. And like my biggest complaint with the mobile setup I've got that I got is even though that's sleek and ready to use and everything's just figured out, it's still a lot of stuff to haul through the woods. When I've basically been hauling a stool with me for however long. And, um, I guess the first question here for me is, and it's not really to you, it's to everybody in general is like, why is something that was made in the eighties and people were using now all of a sudden coming back now the way it, in full force, it seems like, is it just because this, the cyclical nature of the, of, of the bow hunting community and finding the next best thing or is, I mean, what is it? What um, do you think? What do you think it is? And so I, I, I can give you my my two cents on that, and I didn't I honestly didn't know if they had been around that long. I know there's, you know, the Guido's web and the and the trophy line are definitely you know saddles uh, that have been around for a while. But I think a lot of it is tweaking the system. Um, you know, a lot of people getting in and and doing DIY on on those older saddles as well as you know even building their own saddles. Um, Possibly, you know, materials are a little bit better than they were 10 years ago, which is just made for uh, uh, the ability to create a, a lighter, more comfortable saddle is one of the reasons um, that they're, they're taking off. I think honestly and truly, you, you, you know, you said part of it is the, the social media aspect. Um, it, it's, it's, I had heard of the trophy line years ago, but I never really knew much about it just because it, I don't spend a lot of time sitting around, uh, sporting goods stores talking about it. So I think social media is a, a, a big player in that, in that space as far as, you know, why they're, why they're becoming so popular right now. Well, it is kind of weird. Like, you know, when I first got into this, people were on like hang ons and then, had hang-ons everywhere if they had land or whatever, even if they were in the wood, you know, even if hunting in public, they'd put a couple stands up or whatever that was, some cheap ones and, and, you know, just take their sticks down or, or maybe not even put their sticks up or leave their, or maybe just leave their sticks up, maybe pull the bottom stick. And then for a while, everybody was on climbers, 
and climbers were the thing to do. And then, then the mobile stand setup really got popular. You, just because you could get it up on different trees and some people felt a little more secure, um, not really liking climbers. Um, and then now we're, we're now that everybody's kind of got that figured out to the best possible rig and lightest rig you can get. Now we're into this. It's like we're, we, we like to, it's, it's, it just comes kind of full circle. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Well, and I think, you know, just human nature is to always try to, we can't leave well enough alone. Uh, whether that's good or bad is a, is a whole nother discussion. But, you know, mm-hmm. just by our nature, we, we we want to try to improve upon things. And, you know, you was, I'm going to back up just a minute. You were talking about, you know, what seeing things in your Facebook and feed and so forth. And and here's what I can tell you is, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm in a bunch of groups on Facebook that that you're not a member of. Um, part of that's because of I think there's and don't hold me to this I don't know for certain but you know I think one of the one or two of the groups that I'm in um, the guys over at the uh, Southern uh, Sports uh, Southern Outdoorsman um, shout out to, to to Jacob and and Andrew over there mm-hmm. they run some of those groups uh, so I I kind of got hooked up in in those groups you know over a year ago when I got to know Jacob and Andrew um so so those are bow hunters gun hunters there's some trad guys in there um and I want us to really you know kind of focus on the the core components of of a saddle during this discussion and and really get into some of the ways it it um benefits or you know how it works for trad guys because that's one thing that that i've got a lot of questions from guys is you know how is it going to work with a uh a trad bow a recurve a longbow and we can talk about a little bit of that but i've seen things that last in fact it's really the last couple of weeks which is why uh when you you mentioned this today when we were talking it was just you know that's a great idea now it's starting to come back around to the point where, okay, it's been really popular for, let's say, a year, a little over a year. Um, and now you're starting to get a lot of people that have been sitting on on the fringe that are, that are you know, is it just another fad or is there something really to this? Um, and even, you know, I saw a post this week of a guy that just said, you know, uh, I'm sorry, I'm going to say it. I think it's just, you know, a fad and people are spending a lot of money. And then they're going to turn around and have these things for sale at the end of the season. And I'm sure there will be some of that. Um, I'm sure there's going to be some guys that, uh, that get into it that, that, you know, are going to have buyer's remorse three or four uh, months later. But I, I, I will say this, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a magic trick. I mean, it's, if, if people are going out and buying these saddles, because they haven't been successful and they think the the mechanism that they're going to use to climb a tree is going to change all that, they're going to be disappointed and they'll be selling their saddle. Um, if they're looking for a, you know, some guys are replacing everything with the saddle. That's not me, but, you know, if they're, if they're already successful and they're just looking away to be uh, lighter, more mobile, and I think there are some additional benefits to the saddle which you know we can talk about in a little bit but you know if that's the reason they're going out the saddle then they're probably going to be pretty happy with it um you know for me i already had had tweaked and developed my mobile setup and you've seen it i can i can go out and i can be set up in a tree really quiet really quick and not carrying a ton of weight it doesn't come close to how light the saddle 
uh, will be. But, you know, I think I was probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 15 pounds. Um, never really weighed it, but the saddle is definitely going to be a lighter option. Um, so anyway, I, I'm rambling on here a bit, but there, there's just some things that, that over the last week or two that I've really noticed that, you know, a lot of people are starting to, whether they're really curious about it or they've been curious about it and for whatever reason they've decided it's not for them. Um, I think the craze is going to start trimming off now. You know, you're, you're definitely going to have some diehards. Uh, you're still going to have people getting into it, but I think, you know, the big heyday and the big rush was probably, um, this past year. Well, what do you think is the, um, the big, uh, I mean, why wouldn't everybody do it? I guess that's the question. What, what is the, what is the drawback to going to a saddle system? Uh, other than cost, I mean, you've mentioned cost, uh, but I mean, so all the, uh, I, I did a bunch of just research online, just looking at all these different sites, all these different forums, all these, all these different people, uh, you know, saddle hunting, saddle, saddle I was on there, um, a couple other places and, um, you know, some people had even, had even posted, you know, what are the disadvantage to a tree sta- or to a saddle system? And there weren't many of them that I could see, um, you know, cost not really. I mean, we're bow hunters, we spend money. So that's, to me, that's a, not really a much of a disadvantage when most of the people who'd be interested in this have the money invested in the stands anyway. So what do you think it is? Um, so to go back to your original question, um, the first thing I would ask somebody if they were thinking about a saddle is, are you the type person that is willing to do some experimenting and figure out what works best for you. Um, I think that's probably one of the, in my opinion, one of the keys to being successful using a saddle. If you just want to be able to go out, put a ladder or put a stick on a tree, or maybe it's a climber, climb up, sit down and hunt, then, you know, you're probably not necessarily the, the, the best candidate for saddle because I do think it's a lot more um, about preference. I also think it tends to, you know, be more uh, geared more towards guys that want to experiment and try to figure out what works best for them Um, because there's just not, there's a lot of different components that go into a saddle and hunting out of a saddle. So, you know, what kind of, what kind of climbing method do you want? Are you going to use sticks? Are you going to use single steps? Um, what kind of, what, what kind of platform are you going to use a platform for one? If you are going to use a platform, are you going with a rigid platform? Or are you going with a very small platform? Are you going to look at something like a ring of steps, that kind of thing? And even the saddles themselves, I mean, the, you know, the, the three big ones that I can, well, really the two big ones I can think of right now are tethered and trophy line. Uh, Jason Sam Koviak recently put a video out of one. I think it's called Tactic Saddle, made by a guy up in your neck of the woods up in Michigan. Hmm. And I'll be honest, I've looked at that one, and you know, I don't need a second saddle, but I'm really hoping I can find somebody close by that that picks one up because I'd like to try it because it's even more minimal, minimalistic than what I, even I have. Um, and then there's the guys that's doing the converting these uh, sit and drag systems. I don't know if you've ever seen a sit and drag, but a sit and drag was this thing that you could basically rig up to to hang on a, a a tree and use it as a seat, almost like the the hammock seats that we've used. Yeah. 
Um, and then you can use that to, to drag your, your deer out and they're converting these into saddles. And then there's other guys that are just start from scratch and building their own from the, the ground up. Um, uh, Jeff Scoggin, who was on the show last year, um, I know he built his own and, and even made his own platform too. So again, it's, it's one of those weird things that, uh, it really caters to the DIY crowd. If you're wanting to, to build your own or, or tweak your own system and setup. it really caters to that that type of person, which to me screams the traditional crowd because that's, we all like to do that stuff. Um, so that's, that's where I would say it's really the, the, who it, who it, I would think it would appeal to. Um, sure. If you, do you want to get into the, the pros and cons Um, Uh, with that or what do you want well either that or maybe we you know since i'm getting into this and i i pretty much understood a lot of what you said but should we talk about the components a little bit um do we have any more to say on that um i know the uh you got the main part the step system um step versus sticks platforms so i guess they're all pretty self-explanatory if you're a bow hunter you kind of get what all that is i mean yeah for the for the most part i mean you can use the standard sticks, just like a set of lone wolf sticks, or mm-hmm. me personally, I like the the hawk helium sticks because of the the double step. But there's guys using muddy sticks, um, pretty much everything out there. Uh, there's a lot of guys that are using sticks by a company called Wild Edge. There's another company called I think it's Bullman that makes uh, single steps that you affix to the tree. So instead of having a stick with two or three steps on it, you've just got a single step that you attach to the tree um again the whole the whole goal here is to get your setup as light as possible and and still be able to get up to a, a hunting height sure um I think yeah that, go ahead I'm, i think that i think that makes sense i don't know if we need to go that much further into that um plus i mean i'm sure we'll have some links or something that people can actually see visually what you know what it looks like uh i, I well i in thinking about that, though, Nick, I do want to talk about the platform for just just a bit. So that probably, know, the w- that probably that, wouldn't hurt. Yeah, I think, yeah. This, go ahead. No, I'm, I just said that that probably wouldn't hurt to talk about the sat, uh, the uh, the actual platform because I mean, to me, it just looks like you know it's just a seat from a tree stand. <laughs> and there's a there's a lot of people making them from that. Um, so I've used multiple types, um, and when we, so once you. For those that aren't familiar with what a saddle is, all it is is a is a um, most of them now are just you know web. Let's just call it webbing that you wear almost like a, a, a rock climbing harness. That's the best way I can explain it. Mm-hmm. And it it serves as both your your safety harness as well as your 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 mechanism to keep you elevated in the tree. So when you walk up to a tree and you're going to climb, the saddle has lineman, lineman loops on each side. So you hook your, your, your lineman belt, your lineman tether, whatever you want to use. I use a, a lineman belt that I make myself out of 11 millimeter um, static cord with a rope man ascender on one side and a carabiner on the other. So you're you're strapped to the tree from the time you're standing on the ground until you come back down you're never detached that's the to me that's the 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 big advantage of this there is no 
disconnecting your safety harness for any reason, you, you can always be attached to the tree. So that's one. So you walk up and as you climb the tree, the saddle is your, your safety restraint. Um, and you're, you're tied to the tree with your tether. When you reach your hunting height, that's when you've got a couple of options. So the first thing you do when you reach your, when you're ready to hunt is you switch from using this lineman belt that's connected on these two loops at each side to a single tether, just like you would in a safety harness, but the tether, instead of strapping, uh, connecting to a strap that's at your back, connects to what's called a bridge, which is in the front. And the bridge is just a piece of rope. On my particular one, it's Amsteel rope, but it attaches to two other loops, one on each side of the saddle, um, and forms what's called a bridge across the front of your waist. So it's fairly loose, fine when it's... When it's pulled away from me, it's probably, I don't know, 8 to 10 inches from my waist, something like that. Um, and your your light, your tether hooks into this. So your, your, your point of connection to the tree is always near or around your waist. It's not behind you, okay? I hope this makes sense. No, it does. Totally. So now when you're at your hunting height, now you've got to decide how you want to actually um, – support your weight the saddle will support your weight more um, but how do you want to support yourself so that you can most importantly maneuver for a shot and this is where things start to get a little fuzzy to some people but um, last year because I got my saddle late in the season um, I used my the top stick that's what I stood on so once my you know I placed my top stick on the tree my feet stayed on the top two steps on that hawk stick and I was attached in my saddle. I also had a couple of strap on steps that I could strap on the left and the right side of the tree if I needed to, so that I could pivot to one side of the tree or the other. And this is the part that's going to be really hard to explain um, as far as how you position yourself for shots, but we'll get, we'll get to that as we move forward. Um, So that's one option. Another real popular option that a lot of people use is called a ring of steps. Um, and if anybody knows what the old um, Wild Edge, I think it was, no, Ameristeps, Ameristeps what they were called. Um, the Ameristeps strap-on steps where you could buy a single step with a one-inch webbing strap and you strap that onto a tree when, when um, you couldn't use a screw-in step, that's what everybody bought. So what the ring of steps does is take four to six of those, depending on who you ask. Um, and you put that on one big, put those five sticks on one, uh, excuse me, those four to five steps on one strap. That's got a, uh, a ratchet on one end to tighten it to the tree. So you position your, your steps around the tree at various points. And then you use this one ratchet strap to strap everything down and it's almost think of it as if you wanted to walk around the tree while you were attached mm-hmm. with your saddle. So that's a ring of steps. And then there's the various platforms. Tethered makes a platform um, um, for drawing a blank on the name of the other company. But there's another company out there that's, that's just started making a platform um, that's that's real popular. They made one last year and they've they've enhanced it and i think now they've even come out with a second model but anyway all the platform is is like you sound like what you were saying it almost looks like the seat portion of a standard hang on tree stand they're fairly small uh eight to ten inches square roughly 
uh, big enough for you to put your feet on, and that helps support your weight. So it's not constantly just like you're sitting in this 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 saddle. You can you can take some of the weight off, relieve some of the stress, get good blood flow, that kind of thing. Does all that make sense? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, the uh, and actually, you know, you explained it perfectly. So that that kind of does take us into the uh, the pros and, and cons of all this. If you're ready to go there, because I do have a couple questions. Um, okay, let me give, let me throw one other thing out because I almost forgot about it too. Yeah, go for it. There's there's one other option, and I actually picked one of these up last year. Um, another Michigan guy, um, uh, Zach Snyder, makes a a platform that will attach to your your climbing stick. So whether you have a long wheel stick or Hawk Helium stick, Muddy sticks, he makes a little platform, and I'll be sure to put a link to his Facebook page. It's Artisan Metal Fabrications, I think is the name of his company. Um, But he makes this little platform that you take the sticks, the the normal step off of the stick, and this little mini platform. And I want to say it's probably like four inches um, deep, and eight inches wide, but you know if that's probably what I'm going to use most of the time. If I'm only going to be hunting for, you know, four hours at a set or something, I'm just going to carry that stick with that little bit wider platform, and it reduces my weight. It's easy to set up. My stick's already going to be up there. It's just it's really simple, and I used it a good bit when I was hog hunting back in March, and it worked really well. So I'll be sure to put a link on that one because Zach's a good guy and and. Um, I've been I've been pretty pleased with this little platform. So anyway, now I'll let you get on to your question. Sorry. Well, the first one is you talked about circulation, which is a big one for me. I'm a big guy, you know, 6'4", 280 pounds. Uh, I, you know, I I do have circulation problems in my in my, you know, my thighs, you know, my legs, you know, in particular, um, my lower back gets real sore too. Um, is uh, I mean, are those saddles pretty? Are they, I mean, even like, even like my hunting, even my hammock seat will cut in to me and that's a really comfortable seat. I mean, how, how comfortable is it? I mean, I mean, is it pretty good on the circulation? Do you have to move a lot to kind of go back and forth or, or what? I I would definitely say, I don't think you have to move any more than you would in a normal stand. It once, once you learn how to adjust the saddle, um, I think the, the, the biggest thing for me last year that that took me a little bit of time to get get used to get accustomed to is uh, you you need to keep your saddle lower than you would think. So you're not attaching the the, the waist belt, um, you know, like you would if you were attaching a belt on your on your jeans. In fact, if you're wearing a pair of pants with a belt. Um, you you want to keep the, the the waist belt, or at least in my case, and the, the saddle I have. You want to keep the belt for the saddle below that, so you're it's it's lower than you would think um, when you attach it to your body. So that that's the first thing that took me a little little while, and you have to play around with all of this. Mm-hmm. As far as cutting off circulation, can it? Yeah, absolutely, it can. Um, but it's two things here one if you fall out of a tree stand with a normal safety harness on the majority of them are not designed for you to stay suspended by that harness for a given uh, a lengthy period of time 
they will cut off circulation. And there's actually been instances where people, you know, uh, had to, I mean, they were, they were traumatized from the straps and the loss of blood flow to their extremities. So that's one that will not happen with the saddle. The, the other thing is, yes, you will have to move, but what you have to realize is there's, there's different ways to sit in a saddle. And when I say sit, I use that term loosely. You can sit. So if you, if you like to or want to sit in the saddle, one thing that you need to make sure that you have is knee pads. You want to you know, wear a set of knee pads because you're going to use your knees against the trunk of the tree and just sit down in it just like you would a chair. Um, but you can also lean, and a lot of people, that's what they do is they lean in the saddle. So their their feet are on their platform or their choice, or maybe it's the top of their their, their uh, sticks or uh, the, the ring of steps, whatever that may be, and, and they're just leaning. So they're, they're keeping their body fairly rigid, and they're leaning in uh, against the back of that saddle. So it, it I think it's different for everybody. You're going to have to find what works for you again. But I would say in my experience, it, it definitely is not um, – any worse than the average stand and sitting in a, a a seat in a stand most of them just they aren't that comfortable um so it's it's i would say it's a trade-off yeah it doesn't sound that bad i mean you, you know if i'm sitting in a tree all day you know i'm usually i'm either down or i'm i'm up with the seat folded up and i'm leaning against the tree um or you know that, that's pretty much every position you could think of i mean you're still connected to a tree (laughs) well and i did and i'll be honest i did find last year you know after sitting in it for you know i don't know an hour 45 minutes hour sometimes longer sometimes less you know you might have to adjust the fit a little bit so you're 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 raising yourself up or standing up and adjusting a little bit and then easing back down into it but the the key here is you're you're in my opinion you're a lot less uh, out in the open while you're doing this using a saddle than you would be in a in a normal tree stand. Gotcha. Okay. Well, that's that's my first question. Um, so the second looking into this would be the number. Okay. So that let's just address this. The number one con I've seen in using these things is shooting. If you're a right-handed shooter, shooting on the right side of your body and learning how to do that okay so and this and and this is where anybody that's that's planning to hunt out of a saddle has to spend time practicing all right so right-handed shooter shooting to their right there's a couple things you have to keep in mind one if you're using a platform or that ring of steps you're using that as a means of positioning your body to make the shot you need to make if if i was in a stand in a saddle and i was needing to make a shot to my right i'm going to rotate or pivot my body to where i'm facing the direction that i want to shoot or even past the direction that i want to shoot and you know i talked about that that bridge where your your um safety line connects to yeah well that's just a carabiner so that carabiner clicks onto that rope and the rope is inside the carabiner it can slide so when you rotate and twist your body to the right to make that shot you're you're also rotating and sliding that that rope of that bridge 
inside that carabiner until the carabiner is actually holding on the saddle all the way on your left side. You with me? Yeah, I got you. So as you twist and turn around, then that allows you to come around and make that shot. Now you can also, and you may have to, depending on your bow length, if your bow's long enough, I shoot fairly long, long bows. You may have to also rotate yourself around the tree trunk a little bit. Now I know this sounds like a lot of movement. It's not as much as it sounds like. And the other aspect of all of this is you can actually use the trunk of that tree to shield yourself and shield some of that movement from the animal. Because keep in mind, if you see the animal coming and you think you're going to be able to get that shot, you should be able to make these adjustments and keep that tree between you and the animal's line of sight while you're doing it. So you're not waiting and doing all this movement right at the time of the shot. It's just like any it's just like any other uh, elevated uh, stand. When you see the animal coming, you need to start thinking about how you need to get yourself in position to make that shot, unless you're lucky enough that he's just automatically coming to where all you've got to do is is shoot from your current position. Very rarely happens to me. I don't know about everybody else, but you are going to have to make some movements, but you 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 have to plan ahead. You have to think about it, and you do have the the benefit of the trunk of that tree masking some of those movements the other thing that i will tell you is and and i've i've watched other people um, climb and, and get up into a tree in a saddle and it's a little bit different in that you're not it's not like a tree stand where the tree stand is hanging out from the tree and then you're standing on this platform you know one to two foot away from the tree trunk you're an extension of that tree mm-hmm. um it just it it's a different look. It's hard to picture in your mind until you see it, but it is definitely a different look than than somebody moving out on a platform on a tree stand. Sure, it's actually kind of hard for me to envision. Actually, just the you know just having that. I mean, having that tree in front of you like that. I mean, you're shooting down. You're shooting down to your left. Now, how how does that affect if you let's say you're shooting down to your left as per normal? If you are a right-handed shot, how does your does your form change at all? I mean, if you were standing on a tree stand, you're bent over. You know, I think you I think you planned this question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you think so? You, you planted this one. So that depends. Um, and the reason I say you planted it is because I can already tell you the one the one time I've had a shot opportunity from a saddle, I just blew it, and I'll explain why. So. I was just talking about how there's really two different ways of of using a saddle. One is like a you're you're using it almost like a seat, so you're seating in it. Uh, another one would be you you lean. So, and it's hard to explain those without you see the picture. But when you're if you're leaning again, your body stays rigid. You're just leaning back away from the tree, and the saddle's holding you at your waist. If you're seated, or if you're a, if you're using it to sit in. Your, your knees would be bent. They can either go around each side of the tree or maybe your knees or one knee's going against the tree and you're sitting down just like if you were sitting in a chair. Um, and then if depending on your platform, um, I know like with a, a tethered platform, I can stand up. So I could just stand there and it's almost like the saddle's just hanging on to me. Uh, if I wanted to sit down, I could, but I'm, I'm literally standing on the saddle, the platform, just like I would be if I was in a tree stand. Okay, now all that said, if you are using it um, leaning, so you, you stay rigid and you're leaning in the tree, 
and you're using that saddle to support you from the waist up, and you're just leaning against it, and you get a shot to your your left, then you literally could take that shot just like if you were standing up. So you just rotate your twist your body so that you've got the angle, the shot angle right, and you shoot. If you're seated or you're standing up, then you get into the bending at the waist thing again, which is what bit me back in March. I shot at a hog. I don't know. I, mean, I wasn't running video, and you know, I, I I can't watch myself. But in thinking back to what happened after I missed that shot, I can almost guarantee you I did. I broke the cardinal rule because I was not really familiar. I won't say familiar. I haven't. I hadn't done enough shooting from the saddle. Um, instead of bending at the waist to adjust for the elevation, I can almost guarantee you I just dropped my bow arm, took took aim, made the shot, um, and shot. I shot low. Um, so it, it depends on how you're going to be standing or using the saddle. If um, if you would have to physically lower your bow arm to adjust elevation instead of being able to keep it rigid and straight out in front of your um in front of your torso then yes you're going to have to bend at the waist if you can keep your arm straight extended from your torso and twist your body uh, because you're leaning to make that shot then no you wouldn't have to bend at the waist and i hope that makes sense that's the best way i know to explain it no, it does make sense. And I think you'd actually have to see it on YouTube, somebody actually doing it to really totally get it. Um, and I, I've looked it up, you know, just to see how this works. And it, it you described it, I think, about the best you can describe it. Um, I honestly just can't imagine how it feels. Um, and probably wouldn't until I until I got up there and tried it. I can tell you it feels funny, and and one thing I think that makes it feel really weird to me, and and one thing I would say from my experience, keeping in mind that that I do shoot bows heavier than than you know the average, is when I'm up there and I'm trying to twist my my frame inside that bridge. Uh, and sliding the bridge into carabiner and getting everything twisted and contorted to where I need to make the shot, I'm already using a lot of muscles so that when I go and actually start drawing that bow, you're definitely going to use muscles you're not used to using is where I'm going with this. So, again, that's why you need to practice. You need to get familiar with it um, and be comfortable with it. Don't go out, buy a saddle, and hit the woods with it the next day and think you're, you know, nothing's going to change from shooting from either on the ground or in a in a stand. It is different, and you do need to practice it, and you do need to be comfortable with it. That's the that's the big thing. You've got to be. It's got to be second nature, just like anything else. Gotcha. No, that makes sense. So, uh, when you were talking about you know different lengths of bows, does that matter as much in a saddle as it does on a platform? You know, because you're always watching your bottom limb. And whatnot, um, are you, I mean, it, it, are saddles a little bit more conducive for a longer bow? Uh, I, uh, for the most part, I would say that is one of those, de- it depends. But in general, I would say yes, because you don't you don't have the big platform under your feet that you'd have to worry about. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, um, you know, I always, I always check my clearance. I remember last year, every time I would get in the saddle, I would check my clearances, but I'm really checking around the top more than I am the bottom. 
any limbs that's sticking out from the tree, those kind of things is what I'm more concerned with than the bottom limb because there's there's nothing there's nothing under you. Mm-hmm. That little that if you buy a platform, you know those little platforms are so small. I don't know that you could hit it if you wanted to, even with a seventy inch longbow. I I can't think of a scenario where the side the the platform could come into play. The 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 line the the tether is probably the most restrictive thing that you have to worry about is the tether because you you know you also have to keep in mind too um you got a big tree right in front of you so mm-hmm. you know if you if you've got your bow on the on the right side of the tree and you need to make a shot on the left side you've got to get that bow around to the other side of the tree so you may be take you know you may be taking the air off or something so that you can move it around that that's really more of an obstacle than anything else is is which side of the tree your bow's on versus which side of the tree you need to shoot from. No, and that makes a lot of sense. I mean, if you're setting up, you know, as much ground hunting as I've done, you know, hammocks on the front or, you know, hammock, you're facing forward usually with, you know, uh, the trees to your back. So you don't have to really worry about that unless you've made a blind around you. But, you know, if you're sitting in a normal stool or something, I've had plenty of times where I've set up a blind um, with a tree in front of me and always worried about the the wall of your blind or the wall of that tree. Right. So to me, it just, where it felt more liberating to me is if you're used to doing that and then just imagining the ground not being there, then you're, it seems like it would be really, really, uh, you'd have a lot of freedom to move around. And, and once you got used to it, it would feel a lot, it would feel a lot more liberating than a tree stand or a ground blind or anything like that once you got that. So um, that seems like a pro to me. And we've actually already covered a few pros to this um, as we've been talking about the cons. Um, have you heard any other cons for the, for trees, for these uh, saddles? You know, the, I, I would say the, the biggest con that I've, that I've heard is they're expensive. Um, now, that's usually accompanied with why am I paying X amount of dollars for you know, a, a third or a fourth or a fifth of of that price being the cost of the materials to make it. Mm-hmm. Now, before I go any further, I can't back that up. I'm just telling you that's what I hear. I don't know what the materials cost to make a saddle. I'm sure there are people that do. I'm sure that people could tell me. I just haven't researched it. Um, and there's a couple of reasons I haven't researched it. One, I don't have the time to build my own saddle. I, I just don't. I've got too many other things to do. So, if I can go and buy one that that you know I can research and I can feel comfortable is going to work for me, for right now that's what I'm going to do. A year or two from now, maybe I'll decide for whatever reason I want to build one. But right now, I didn't have the time, and therefore I was going to just go buy one. The other thing is, when I'm hanging 20 foot up in the air, 16 foot up in the air, um, I know that if a company has built a saddle that I'm going to be using, they've put a lot more time than I even have to know that I'm doing it right. Okay. So there's, mm-hmm. to me, there was the safety aspect of it. Um, so for that reason, I, I chose to buy one. There's a lot of people that build them. If you want to go out and build your own saddle, Hey, more power to you. I'm not knocking it. I'm not saying it's wrong, but here's what I'll tell you. Even if the materials to build that saddle, let's say a, a saddle that costs 180 dollars you can buy all the materials for 20 bucks I don't know if you can or not maybe it's 40 bucks if you can go buy the materials for that twenty dollars that's one component then you got the labor to, to build it and manufacture it 
you know, somebody that's got the time to do that themselves, you know, well, I, I did that and, you know, I sewed everything up in two hours. Okay. I Maybe, I don't know. I would say probably not because it's just, a, it looks to me a, be a, a bit more complicated than that and knowing exactly what you're doing. I think if you were doing it yourself, you would have to factor in all the research that would have to go into you know, what your components need to be, how you're sewing it all together, how you're doing the stitching, uh, how you do the sewing so that it's safe, what kind of thread you need. I mean, there's a lot of things that goes into the research to know how to do it right that most people say, well, I can build one in, in three hours or four hours, whatever that is. They're not factoring in all of the all of the research that they would have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing, and this is the big one to me, when you start thinking about the cost of materials versus um, the, the cost of the end product, you have to factor in cost of materials, the labor, the marketing, um, the, the, the overhead to run a business. If you're going to be selling these things and most importantly, the, the insurance so that when the lawyers come after you because somebody wasn't paying attention to what they're doing and they, they, they hurt themselves and now they want to sue you that's that's probably the biggest component and and just the insurance alone has caused more um i know of at least two tree stand companies that made really good tree stands that finally just folded up shop because they couldn't afford insurance premiums anymore so yes they are expensive but you got to factor in everything as to what makes them expensive and i'm sure the company's making a product that's what capitalism is all about um, but it's probably not what you think it is when you when you look at it from a very simplistic approach of, well, it's $20 worth of materials or whatever it is. So keep that in mind. Um, that said, that was a long answer to that question. <laughs> but <laughs> but that said, I mean, it's you, you're talking about, I think the average price now is around, let's say, $180 to $200 for a saddle. Um, the cost for a good tree stand is going to be $150 to $200. Yes, you can go buy a $39 stand at Dick's Sporting Goods. I know that. But we're not comparing apples to apples then. You're buying a steel stand that weighs 20 pounds and is going to creak and make noise and throw it away after a year or two because it rusts up and then you don't, you shouldn't trust it. So I don't think that's a good comparison. Um, if I was going to compare a saddle to a stand, it'd be comparing it to something like a Millennium M7 or... Uh, a, a lone wolf, you know, hang on stand. So price there is comparable. Um, I will tell you from my perspective, I had a lone wolf climber. I had pretty much gotten to the point where I didn't use it for various reasons. One, if you really get down right to it, a climber for, in my opinion, for a traditional bow hunter, in my opinion, is probably the least effective method of climbing a tree and hunting. And before I get all the hate mail, hear me out. The reason I'm saying that is when you're using a climbing stand, you don't have the benefit of a lot of cover on the tree from limbs and leaves and so forth. Because if you're going to climb it, you've got to cut all that stuff out to get up the tree. Um, So therefore, if you're going to climb the tree with a climbing stand, you really should be higher than you would be. Uh, in a stand that that you left could leave yourself some cover from limbs and so forth and now you've reduced your shot angle so it becomes a lot harder to make an effective shot because you're hunting too high climbers have their place um i just again i found myself not using them 
more and more each year because I kept getting busted more and more each year because I didn't have any cover and I was just sitting out in the tree, especially in late season. Early season, you could get away with it just because there's so many leaves in the trees. But once the leaves are down, I almost never used my climber anymore because, again, I kept getting busted. So I sold my climber and pretty much paid for my saddle. I already had my sticks because I was using them for my my hang-on stands when I was, you know, running gun hang-on stands. So I didn't have to go buy sticks. So I already, you know, I already had that. The lineman's belts, as I said, I make my own. Jason, Sam Covey, our, you know, a good buddy, uh, Jason over at Traditional Bone, he's got videos on how to do this. So if you don't know how to make your own tether, go go on YouTube, go to Jason's YouTube channel, and do a search, and you'll find how he does them. And it's you can make them for... I don't know, 20 bucks maybe. Uh, I'm not counting the Ascender. If you want to use a Prusik, you can do it for probably under $20. Um, and I trust them a lot more than the ones that I, that you can buy from the, the big name uh, safety harness guys. Um, so, you know, it was a little bit different for me, but that's how I paid for mine. If, if I was a, and I, this is probably going to make some people mad, but if I were a, new traditional new bow hunter period we'll just say new bow hunter and i was going to look to get started this year hunting from a tree saddle would probably not be my first recommendation for them um i think i would probably recommend that they go ahead and buy a hang on stand first buy their sticks to climb get used to that and then looking at adding a saddle uh maybe next year I mean, I think it makes a lot of sense to say that, though, because you're a lot of the same elements that you have, you know, hanging a uh, having a mobile stand set up and whatnot or any stand set up kind of it kind of applies. You know, it, it's it's like level A, level B, level C is the tree saddle. I mean, you're you got a lot of the same kind of things going on but then you're adding a couple different concepts to the tree saddle. I mean, am I wrong in saying that? I mean, that seems like um, that. So I would, uh, and here's where I'm, I'm contradicting myself a little bit. So I'll try to explain why. From 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 an aspect of of getting to the tree, ascending the tree, and getting set up, you'll find nothing more simple than the saddle. And I'll explain that in just a second. The reason I'm saying I think the average the, the average new hunter today would be better served to go and buy a platform and hunt from a tree stand first is forget about the the little bit of additional complexity to hang the stand and get set up and so forth you're you're going to be on a stable platform you're going to be able to remain very still um and pretty much be able to take shots from almost any angle except maybe directly behind you uh pretty easily meaning you you don't have to learn a lot of other things that's why i say i would i would recommend a stand first i think the saddle using the saddle from a hunting perspective there's a bigger learning curve there um as far as being able to go up the tree and get into a you know get your your saddle set up and ready to hunt there's nothing to do there because it again it is your safety harness so from the time you walk up to the tree you're already in your stand you're just climbing and tying off but it's the it's the learning how to make those shots from a from a saddle that I think take a little bit more practice and a little bit more time to learn than just sitting on a platform. 
Does that make sense? No, that does make a lot of sense. Um, if yeah, if you're just you know just trying to think back of when I first started, you know, once like you said, once you're kind of up the tree, you're pretty much adjusted. I mean, you've already hopefully hung the stand where you're in a optimal position to make a shot anyway. You've trimmed stuff out of there. You really just gotta plan your standing up or whatever you're gonna do to make that shot. Whereas a saddle looks like it needs a little bit more maneuverability, a little bit more practice. Um, because you do got a tree in front of you to get to where you want to be. Um, though you are covered for the most part from movement because of that tree. Um, so yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, I, now where I'm at with it is I've done a lot of things, you know, I've, I've hunted out of tree stands. I've, I've hunted on the ground. I think I'd like a saddle just because the worst part of, pretty much a saddle solves the worst part of hunting out of a tree stand for me which is lugging all that stuff out into the woods when I'm not the you know most graceful person in the woods I'll say that you know I hunt in a lot of thick stuff you know I know so I just feel like I feel like a transformer walking through the woods with all that stuff on my back um, especially in the morning so it solves that too I really do. I I think I like the being constantly connected to a tree like that. It it makes a lot of sense to me. It makes me feel a lot more secure. So I would probably like that. Though honestly, you know, hunting in a stand with you last year, I didn't have any issues with going up and down or climbing or anything like that. You know, I just don't do it enough. So I probably that would probably both of those things would probably go away but but the convenience of a saddle to just kind of being able to pack my stuff up and get into the woods quietly in the morning makes a lot of sense to me. Um I wouldn't have any qualms. And if I, if I'm going to and the thing with the prices, I mean with anything, if you've got some of that stuff, yeah, it's really not that much. I mean, I think a lot of people look at it as I've got all this stuff invested in these tree stands. I love to hunt this way. I'm going to try the saddle thing out, but I might not like it, so I don't want to invest however much I need to invest in it when it might just be kind of a novelty item as opposed to I'm going to hunt this way. You know what I mean? I, I do. And, and so a couple of things that I will, I'll, I will say there. One, I still have all my hang, my hang on stands and I'm not planning to get rid of them. I know I'm going to continue using them. Um, the, the big advantage to the saddle for me is the, the weight and the the type of land that I hunt, especially public land, where I'm I may hunt a spot once a year. I'm 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 going in, I'm hunting, and I'm moving on. You know, on some of the the places where I I can hang a stand and leave it, and maybe hunt it three times during the season, I'm gonna keep using hang ons. Mm-hmm. Um, the so so for me it was you know it was a new it was it's a tool it's it's not a replacement i'm not replacing everything in my arsenal it's just another tool that i can use now that being said again i think like you're saying for you it might make a lot of sense you've hunted from a stand so you know what that's like um i don't know that you've ever been maybe you have and i just don't know it but i don't think you've ever been uh in a position where you've selected a tree climbed the tree hung the stand while you're suspended from the tree and all that stuff which is different than just climbing up and climbing in so that you know that's something people need to take into consideration when you're sitting there hanging from a you know a lineman's belt and you're attaching brackets and all this stuff 
it's work. You mm-hmm. it, it, that has to be practiced too. Where the saddle, you're already attached. No, um, no, that's actually the other thing. I have not. I have to start doing that. But the big thing with me is like, I mean, I sweat at nothing. You know, I'm going to be a sweaty mess by the time I get up that tree. I just am. Well, you're going to do it with the saddle too. Yeah. I mean, it, it, that that that. But it's it's weird, and there's some weird things that I've noticed too because. Like if I'm wearing my safety harness with a lineman belt and I'm climbing with my hawk sticks, to get to the height that I typically like to hunt, I usually need four steps. I don't know why it's different with the saddle. I think it's because of where the where the um, lineman's loop attach and how it attaches to you. I'm able to spread my, my stride out a, a good bit further apart going up the tree so i can get pretty much as high with three sticks as i could with four because i'm stretching them out further between each individual stick in fact i've got another i picked up another um uh aider this week somebody posted a video about and i actually like the look of it it's black diamond makes this uh five step aider that's got five steps in it so i'm gonna i'm gonna do some trial and error with that this week and see what I think of it but I think I'm really going to like it and probably do away with the single air that I've been using um, but anyway I'm, 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 I'm rambling so it, it, there, it, it's just different I, I would tell you that the the comfort of knowing you're always attached to the tree is a huge bonus for me and I think you would like that but at the same time I will tell you the same thing goes for when you when you get to the you know your hunting height and you're ready to start hunting and you take that lineman belt off and you have just the single tether going to that bridge that's a that's still a part i'm not 100 percent comfortable with because you don't have a backup Mm -hmm. if if you know if you for whatever reason if something happened and you know you could sit here and talk about different things that could go wrong and argue why they should never go wrong but it's a mental thing if that one lineman bell or that one tether going to your bridge is all you've got. And for me personally, I would still like to have a backup. I just haven't figured out how to make a backup safety restraint that would catch me in the event that my primary failed that doesn't impede my movement. Um, and everybody says you don't need it. And, you know, tethered when they came out with their uh, saddle, which is the model that I have. I should have, I should have said that. Uh, I have the tethered sa- Banis saddle, and there's they've got videos where they they picked up. I can't remember if it was an ATV or a Jeep or something ridiculous that they picked up using the saddle in their uh, one eighth inch Amsteel, no quarter inch, excuse me, quarter inch Amsteel rope bridge, and it held it up. So from a from a weight perspective you don't have anything to worry about the things that i worry about is hitting it with a sharp broadhead mm-hmm. in the dark or um if you're moving around doing stuff in the dark and just you know miss something or I, I you know there's there's all kinds of things that you could sit here and think of in fact i was talking to a guy up at ngt today um, while we were standing around watching the rainfall and he said that was his biggest hang-up is he wants he always wants to have a second point of of contact um mainly in case he does something wrong and i get it but at the same time the 
it's it's not like having it's not like being in a, a tree stand with a um, a safety harness on and you think about that safety harness being your lifeline well your safety harness doesn't have two tethers mm-hmm. if your if your stand fails and your 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 tether fails you're going to fall in the saddle you just don't have the stand there's really no difference you're still um, secured to the tree by that that single that single tether it, it it's a mental thing there's really no difference but it is a mental thing sure i get how it could be a mental thing um the only other real question i had about this whole thing is uh so i mean this is kind of a price thing too but so with the uh with the actual tether system or the saddle system um that is your that is your lifeline correct that is your harness you don't need another safety harness on that right no, you okay. don't. I so mean, the, the the saddle is your is your safety harness. Okay, so you're supposed to replace your safety harness every every so often. Are you supposed to replace the saddle too? Well, so there's there's different reasons for that, and there's different and part of it's different materials. So um, you know, as long as you're not leaving your your saddle in direct sunlight day after day after day, you know where the the materials start breaking down. You, you don't you don't have that to worry about and part of that goes into your you know on your on your safety harness you've got that strap in the back that you connect your your safety line to mm-hmm. and it's got those the the um i don't know what it's called but it's got the pleats where they fold it back and forth and they sew it in so that when you drop it 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 takes out the shock of the um the stop mm-hmm you went so and part of that's why some of these safety harnesses have a a lifespan to them is you know some of the components can can deteriorate deteriorate over time um and it's also a little bit different because that safety harness is designed to catch you during a fall there is no fall with the saddle sure that shock isn't there that the shock's yeah. not there right okay, that makes so it's, sense. it's just it's different Okay. Or it sh- it shouldn't be there. Um, and there's one question that you haven't brought up that I'm surprised you haven't asked. What's that? So inevitably, when I'm talking to somebody, somebody will always say, "Well, because you you know, instead of being a harness that's you know going over your shoulders and around your waist and everything, this thing is just at your hips. So what keeps you from flipping over?" Oh yeah. Good, good point. <laughs> and you have to be in one. So, again, yes, it's attached around your waist, but by the time you put pressure on even the lineman loops, that brings the center of gravity up higher. So it's not at your waist or below your waist. Oh, okay. Those are a little bit higher. And the same thing goes for the bridge. When the bridge is tight and there's pressure on it, it's probably the the contact point is probably up closer, you know, to your chest than your waist. All right. So again, it it brings that that center of gravity up. I, However, if you wanted to, yes, you could force yourself to flip yourself upside down. And again, there's videos out there on you know YouTube's always going to have videos of somebody that can think up of any way to test this thing. They're going to do it, and there's videos out there of guys going upside down in them, and it's it'll still hold you. It won't it won't dump you out. Could you make yourself fall out of it? I'm sure there's a way, but you would have to put forth a good bit of effort to make it dump you out. Yeah, I don't think anybody'd be putting out a product that was that easy to do. 
So, <laughs> you know. Well, you know, people have been, I know a lot of people that's used rock harnesses instead of a safety harness for years. And that's really what this is. It's just a modified rock climbing harness. Um, so people have been climbing rocks for a long time. And, and yes, accidents happen there too. But I think the likelihood of of a safety incident in a harness is no higher than it would be of a conventional stand and i'm pretty sure the statistics would show it would be lower but i don't have anything to back that up so it, i don't see how it couldn't be lower just because of the way you use it most of the most of the accidents that occur with a tree stand uh, and somebody falling happens when they step off the tree and onto the platform and you don't have that with the saddle you're always attached sure that makes a lot of sense I mean, I'm pretty much, I'd really like to try it. That's that's kind of where I'm at with it. I think I'd really like it. Just the mobility and the safety alone, that's kind of my two biggest things. I could learn everything else, but those two things are what really kind of have driven me to want to try it out. So at some point, I'd like to. Um, well, and I think that's a, that's a key point, Nick. You know, I think you could probably get on, you know, there's a, a Saddle Hunter Facebook group. There's definitely saddlehunter.com, which anybody interested in saddles ought to check out. When I reached out, you know, Warren Womack has pretty much switched over to hunting out of saddles now. Um, And when I first reached out to him over a year ago, that's the first thing he told me to do was I needed to get on that forum. A lot of people on there, a lot of knowledgeable people that's been doing this for a long time, and they can definitely answer questions and help you out. The other thing is, See if you can find somebody that's fairly close to you that has a saddle that you think would be, you know, the right size for you and go see if they'll let you come try it out. Um, I actually tried to meet up with a guy last weekend that was going to be down that lives down towards where uh, properties are in middle Georgia. And I carried everything down. there. was going to let him come up and try it out. And he had something come up. But saddles are a lot like traditional bow hunter but the people that use traditional bows they'll they'll let you try out their equipment if you just ask and and i strongly suggest people try it out before they go spend two hundred dollars um it's just the smart thing to do the flip side of that is right now at least i would say this is probably going to stay this way for the next year or longer is if you do buy a saddle and you just do not like it and it's not for you and you decide to sell it i can guarantee you you can get your money back you're not going to lose any money because most of the saddle manufacturers can't keep up and people that are ordering saddles are having to wait six to six weeks or longer. Okay. So there is a bit of a wait on that. No matter, no matter who you order from. To the best of my knowledge, all of them have a lengthy wait time. Now I don't know about tactic saddle because he's fairly new. Um, Tethered has been working on their uh, supply for as long as they've been in business but from what i've heard they've picked up some uh new um i guess it's the sewing shops it's people that sew things up that have told them you know they're going to be able to get their their turnaround time down but last i checked they were still somewhere in excess of six weeks um i've heard people ordering from uh era hunter and they're behind so they're you know they've got several weeks so if you can get your hands on one and you just don't like it, like I said, I'm I'm confident you could you could get rid of it for, and get your money back out of it. Um, 
I don't think you're going to want to if you if you do just a little bit of research and feel like it's it's a hunting setup you could use. You're probably going to keep it. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. I think it's something I really like, and I don't think $200 is that big of an investment for it, especially since I've got sticks already, and I just have to figure something out for a platform. Um, but I, I think I can figure that out. Well, and for you, I will tell you this. I actually – so I had um, – a bunch of the Ameristep sticks. Warren Womack, and I may have to reach back out to him to get get him to send me a link again, but he sent me a link to a really nice uh, ratchet strap with the one-inch webbing. I've built my own ring of steps. I'm going to try that out. If I don't like it, I will definitely send it to you and let you give it a shot. If I do like it, then what I can do, I still got four or five of those sticks uh, steps that I did not use so I could make another one. But that's going to be your cheapest bet if if I can if you can use the steps that I've got because those steps, man, people that have those old Amara steps are selling them at ridiculous prices. I saw a post today where a guy was selling, I think it was four of them for eighty dollars. Wow. Um, beyond that, um, you know, you're talking about another two hundred dollars for for the 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 popular platforms the the uh, predator platform from tethered oh out on the limb that was the other company i was trying to think of out on the limb makes two different platforms and i think both of those are just under the 200 dollars mark so um you know if you if you want to spread it out over two years we can figure out a way to get you a, a you know some form of platform that you could use this year and then maybe get the, the platform next year so it is a lot of money i mean you're talking about 400 dollars by the time you buy the saddle and the platform and that's if you already have the climbing sticks. Gotcha. And then uh, when you, you – just real quick, you said knee pads. What kind of knee pads? Are they like some kind of roofing knee pads or do they make something or, or... – I, I just went on Amazon and found some cheap – I think I paid, I don't know, nine bucks for them. Now, mine are um, – mine are the elastic type, so you just – basically, I slide them over my boots and slide them up to my knees. Sure, that makes sense. Uh, they're – Anything will work. Anything will just give your, your knees a little bit of protection. Mine's solid black. That's awesome. Well, I'm definitely intrigued. I think this is something that's going to have to happen here at some point. Um, but, yeah, I'm anxious to hear your reports this year, too, because I know you haven't really put a ton of time in years yet. So, yeah. Uh, well, not a ton, but, I mean, I hunted I hunted over a month in it last year. Well, that's true. During deer season. And then I hunted, you know, hogs in it for a week. Um so you know, I've I, I've definitely have not hunted a full season in it yet. So and I, I I everything that I'm telling everybody that's listening, I am no expert. I'm just passing along what I have learned through, you know, my experiences and talking to other people that have used you know used the saddles. So um, I would just I would tell anybody if you're interested in it, take what you've heard here and and go out and start doing your own research. Um, and if you can find, you know, again, ask around. We actually did up north at our North Georgia club back in the spring. We did demonstrations. So we had a, you know, I had my saddle. Uh, Jacob Myers actually came in, had uh, his saddle, and we had a couple of different platforms and some different climbing methods. Uh, if you can find something like that, that's the best way to get out and try it out and see if, you know, see if you like it. Um, it takes a little getting used to. It's It's different. But I think once you... Once you get used to it and 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 get comfortable with it, it's definitely a, a a good option, especially if you do a lot of running gun style hunting or or getting off the beaten path and 
you know, you can basically wear your stand to the tree and you don't even know you've got it on. Now that sounds pretty cool. Well, I mean, you've answered the questions I've had so far. So, uh, you know, I'm sure I'll have more and, and, you know, I, you, are you going to, are you going to hit it right away with the tree saddle this year? Um, it depends. I've still got, uh, on one, one area that I've hunt, um, I've still got a couple of stands up. It'll just depend on weather, wind, you know, I'll probably end up hunting public land first. And if I do, it'll definitely be the saddle. I usually hunt the first three to four weeks of season on public land exclusively. And if that's the case, then yeah, it'll, it'll be the saddle. Sure. Definitely. That makes sense. I was thinking mainly for public land too. Um, you know, I have other, other things to do on private, I'm sure. So, um, yeah, but I mean, this is all really interesting and I hope that our conversation is either inspired or answered a few more questions to anybody who might be like me and have no idea what these things are about, or maybe just a little bit idea and and might give them another option. Well, and I'll tell you what, I will, I will try. Um, I've got a, I'm going to have to get this edited and ready to go. Obviously, uh, for people that don't know, this is actually Sunday. We're recording this. So this one's going to be hot off the presses, which is unusual for us, but I'll try to include some, uh, some links in the, in the, uh, show notes in the post uh, for various websites and so forth. And here's what I'll tell everybody: you know, I try to talk from a from a perspective of a traditional bow hunter that's using one of these. But you may have questions that we didn't touch on. So here's what I'll tell you: if there's something you have a question about, we didn't touch on it today. Shoot us an email. If I if I don't know the answer or can't give you my thoughts or my opinion then I'll either point you somewhere uh, that you can try to find that, or I will try to find somebody else that can answer it for you. Uh, and maybe we'll have a, a follow-up to this you know, later in the season, maybe after I've got a, uh, another month or a month and a half under my belt in it. And we'll, we'll do another one on these. Because, I mean, it is, a, it is a great tool, and it is a great option uh, for traditional bow hunters should they choose to use it. And I'm just trying to kind of help, help – uh, spread what little knowledge i have of of using one of these um one of these platforms or one of these hunting styles if i can help somebody else either decide it is or is not for them that's all i'm really trying to do sure i think people appreciate it i know i do so all right man well if if uh i I just looked over and saw the time we've we've actually gone a little bit over what we anticipated so Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, unless you got something else to throw at me i guess we'll wrap this thing up nope i think we beat this one in the submission i think we're i think we're good for the week well i appreciate you thinking about the the questions to to ask i really didn't know you'd been thinking about it this much so it was I, i enjoyed the discussion I did too. And yeah, I have for a while since you got one. I've been kind of uh, really, really thinking about it. I don't know if it's going to happen this year or if it's, it might be something that happens for sure next year, but I'm still thinking about it for this year. So we'll just have to see, but yeah, I've been thinking about it for sure. Whenever you decide to, uh, whenever you decide to go ahead and purchase one, I don't want my name mentioned to Jess in any part of that discussion. <laughs> no, I'll be, I'll be fine. <laughs> if I let's see if I can move some more of these life and longbow books, and I can get a, take it out of that. There you go. There you go. Fund, fund your, fund your habit. Exactly. All right, man. 
Well, I appreciate you taking the time to do this on a Sunday. I know it was last minute, but uh, I think we think we pulled off a pretty decent episode. So I hope everyone enjoys listening to it. Uh, until next time, please get out there and uh, subscribe if you hadn't already. Leave us a rate and a review. If you haven't picked up a, a T-shirt already, we really, really appreciate it if you would uh, purchase one of those. Show your support for the show and, and help us keep this thing moving forward. Until next week, take care, everyone. Thank you so much.